Hello and welcome to the 52nd episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I am Jordan. Now, I know what you're thinking, you at home. Why is the podcast late, you declare? Well, here's the thing. Uh, We're busy guys. Got a lot of important stuff going on, like playing Final Fantasy, and uh, mostly just that. (laughs) (laughs) We like One Piece a lot, but uh, we also like other things, so here we are. At least one or two other things. (laughs) Um, But with all that out of the way, we'll be jumping on in, but before we get started... I'd like you at home to leave a review or a like or an etc. Uh, depending on your platform, shares around if you have One Piece loving friends. We'd appreciate it. I just got to say it's it's the etceras that we really want. The other ones, eh. as many etceras as you can bump into us. Please and thank you. Uh, with that out of the way, we'll be jumping on in the chapter 1049, then later chapters 591 through 601. Seems things have taken quite a uh, convenient turn for these lads here. Yeah, not not sure what that's about. Nope. For starters, <laughs> how on earth did the little girl get off the book? She was on top of the book last we saw her. <laughs> Just can't be done. <laughs> yeah. That's a tall book. There are no step ladders in sight. She should be up there burning alive. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I have a feeling safety was not first on this day. <laughs> no. But we saw who we presume to be Reiju and Ichiji on the Chocolate Island. And yet, there is a sudden fire happening here on the Whole Cake Island. Are there allies involved that we're not aware of? Or is this actually Blackbeard? Yeah, I was going to bring that up again, actually. But he's not really known for fire, so... Um, no, no, he's not. I don't know about that one. But, like, no one really... Like, who would be... It's not Sabo. Like... <laughs> Probably not Sabo. Got a feeling we're not going to see that guy pop up again in a cover arc about the Vin Smokes after the events at the Reverie. Yeah, that would just be funky. But... Based off of what um, Brule said, like, this doesn't add up to me. <laughs> now, we also know that the Fishman pirates were also escaping around the same time the Germa were. Um, but this appears to be some amount of time after the escape, of course, and I can't mm. think of any reason why the Fishman Pirates would come back <laughs> to save these two guys. That would be a really weird turn. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would. Uh, maybe Ace is simply back from the dead, and he's a Vinsmoke now. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Moria and Judge worked together on this one, I guess. Yeah, that's a good pairing. <laughs> two terrible terrible guys doing their best to get by in even worse world but uh yeah i'm confused about this but i'm sure oda will clear it up in no time oh yeah it's all coming together oh yes uh that takes us on in to the chapter 1049 the world that should be 
we begin right back where we left off with Kaido biting Luffy right in the hand. The hand that gets smaller and smaller with each passing chapter mm-hmm. since we saw it the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luffy's having a hard time, um, which confuses me because the next time we see Kaido, he no longer has the fist in his mouth. Yeah, this this whole exchange here is just a little weird. I understand that Kaido needs to get some words in edgewise here, but um, it just makes for a, a kind of awkward exchange. Certainly do. Or maybe the fist just got even tinier. You just can't see it anymore. That's how small <laughs> it is. There we go. That's an explanation I can get behind. Mm-hmm. That Luffy face there with the fawoom and the ah is just him being so shocked by how small he can make his fist. He's still learning, okay? He doesn't (laughs) even know about, like, atoms and stuff, so... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get this man a science class, Mm -hmm. jeez. Then, at long last, we get the long-awaited Kaido flashback, and it lasts about three pages. Yeah, but it's pretty good. I mean... I like that on this first page of it, we do get, like, a few different snapshots of young Kaido, just to give us a nice uh, spread. Uh, true. And they're all arranged on, like, the the left side of the page. Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, Seems that our boy Kaido, uh, he lived in the good old kingdom of vodka. Pretty cool. A happy place. Uh, apparently they're having a rough go of it they have to pay their tribute to the celestial dragons and the only means they have to do so is to wage war and loot their neighboring countries uh otherwise the world will take away their human rights hmm it's almost like the (laughs) world government planned for this to be the outcome i'm kind of picking up on a bit of a pattern here Hmm. uh celestial dragons that's not very big million, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Kaido takes issue with this. Uh, immediately, as far as like panel construction goes, he has pawned off to the Navy. <laughs> Displeased by this. Uh, but in exchange, uh, the Kingdom of Akka will be able to attend the Nets Reverie. How fun. That's worth it. Send your greatest warrior <laughs> just to <laughs> attend a meeting. In- Important stuff happens at the Reverie. If they are ever going to, aside from, you know, maybe joining up with the revolutionaries, if they're going to make a change for their country, it's going to happen at the Reverie, as far as the current state of affairs are concerned. Um, And if the only way to get there is to sacrifice their clubmen. I guess. That's such a strange deal to be struck. But, I mean, the Marines are definitely opportunists, so... It really makes you wonder how many of the top brass of the Marines were, like, obtained in this way. Right. Because we know that they were striking up deals with Mother Caramel to, like, get tough orphans. They don't have any scruples with, like, poaching powerful people from miscellaneous countries in exchange for political favors. So That they probably never even delivered on, right? Like, well, maybe. Uh, In this case? Like, well, I don't know. Do you think that they actually end up going to the reverie here? Uh, hmm. Not sure. Like, we don't see confirmation of it, and 
I mean, I never expect the world government to uphold a bargain, but... I would imagine that had Kaido not busted out seemingly immediately, they probably would have held up their end of the deal. But because they didn't actually get what they asked for, deal broke. Yeah, that's not really on vodka, but yeah, they would... I mean, they, they also have no reason to uphold it, so... Indeed. I don't trust this marine hat guy as far as I can throw Kaido. And he's a big guy, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not far. Yeah. Not far at all. Not budging that guy. Uh, but to that point, Kaido has gotten away. He's got a bounty on his head of a whopping 70 million lower than Sanji's first bounty. Um, True... I mean, hmm, that's that's a good point. Not sure how old he... Oh, he's 15 here, so he's younger than them. Well, for sure. And what has Kaido done? Escaped a marine ship as opposed to Sanji's first bounty that he got from participating in burning down Eni's lobby <laughs> and taking down CP9? Yeah, a little bit different <laughs> uh, situation. Indeed. I'm just kind of impressed that Kaido's bounty is as close to Robin's as it is, considering she should be, you know, the most wanted person in the fucking world. But I'm not the one deciding these things. Just saying, world government, if you want to give me a job, I'm available. <laughs> uh, I think they're on a tight budget, so I don't know if they could actually pay your salary. If they're, <laughs> like, you know, really cutting down Kaido here. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, let's see here. Uh, we had an answer to the question that kind of bugged me for a little bit. Uh, if Kaido's so beefy, how come he got like captured all the heck in time? Uh, turns out it's intentional. <laughs> he gets caught when he gets hungry and then breaks free when he's full. So uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Kaido, you're all right in my book. <laughs> yeah, not not a bad way to live life. I'm just, I got a sneaking suspicion now. I don't actually think this, but I would be somewhat amused if it occurred this way. I'm sure Luffy and Kaido could bond after this fight is over, just over that little detail. <laughs> That's a very Luffy thing to do. It sure is, yeah. <laughs> then, 44 years ago, which I believe is two years after the beginning of this flashback, uh, Kaido finds himself on uh, the pirate island full of lead it's beating up lads hither and thither here and there that guy on the ground's not looking so hot but whitebeard's impressed or at least he's there to deliver the message that rocks is impressed yeah i don't think he looks impressed there he's like <laughs> looking over his shoulder he's like hey, i'm fuck this kid <laughs> giving him the side eye yeah he's really just dreaming about that net sip of beer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hard not to indeed uh Kaido joins immediately. That's fun, I suppose. Uh, then immediately after that, they're on their way to God Valley to try and uh, fend off Roger and Garp. Doesn't work out. No. <laughs> but then Big Mom here says something that, to me, seems to imply that Kaido didn't even participate in the fight. Where'd you go, Kaido, you big rat? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if he, like, left when he saw the conflict or never showed up. But uh, either way, 
not what I would expect from the big man. Yeah. Everything we know about Kaido in this day and age is that he's like always hunting for a good fight. Rarely finds one. <laughs> but uh, that's what he craves more than anything. And yet he passed up at the opportunity to fight Roger and Garp. That doesn't seem quite jive. Well, we know that he says that like Joy Boy is going to be the one to kill him. So maybe he just knew that neither one was Joy Boy. So he was like, eh, I'm out of here. I guess so. I don't know. I that I don't I don't like that as much uh now that I've given it like half a second thought cuz like how would he how would he know? We don't well, yeah. I Without I doubt that he them. well, I don't know the timeline here. We know that he got king while he was like well, I mean king's in like the next panel basically, but yes. Uh I would assume that king was not on the rocks pirates, so he probably didn't know anything about Joy Boy at this time. Probably true. I can't remember if Kaido in that little mini flashback we got had facial hair. Or I want to say he did, <laughs> but I am not 100% sure either. Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to say the answer is yes, he totally did. Therefore, this must have happened 100% certain. After these events. There we go. <laughs> yep. It's set in stone. Done. It could also just be that white uh, big mom here is just saying like, oh, maybe he like ditched them after it seemed like the battle was going south after fighting for a bit. She could be sassing him over any number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, having a hat of that size will do that to a person. I understand. <laughs> Every time. Um, <laughs> then we cut forward at least a little bit. Where Ten Kaido years. has now uh, at least a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> uh, where Kaido has met up with the elderly lady from the Kurozumi clan of Wano. No idea how these two met, but they simply have now. Uh, she's all impressed with the the might of this man. Yeah, she's signed on to this whole, like, power is everything thing and then she sees kaido and is like well doesn't get any more beefy than that (laughs) indeed and have i got a deal for you (laughs) (laughs) it's a really good one kaido uh i was convinced back in the day that this lady has to have been a rocks pirate but nothing here confirms or denies that we just cut from the God Valley incident to, oh, these two are in cahoots now, very suddenly. No additional information has been given here, and it makes me cross. Yeah, I doubt that we'll ever get any more information on this, so be <laughs> cross forever. Yeah, you know I will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they then move in to the good old kingdom of Wano. They build a castle. Uh, Kaido expresses a desire to take down the celestial dragons, which I think this is the first we've heard of that, uh, in an effort to promote equality and freedom where uh, a man's power is the deciding factor. 
of one's worth. So that's fun. Yeah, I can. Like I can definitely understand where this grudge comes from, given what we just learned about him being sent away for all that. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's weird that, yeah, like you said, we haven't seen this before. If it's if it was such a strong driving factor at the start, you would think at least some of that to be carried over. But and then he just lets like <laughs> it stew for almost 50 years this man is still not made at least a major move on the world government he's just been chilling here biding his time (laughs) building up weapons and stuff in wano but yeah come on now dude you're the strongest creature yeah just just go i mean we we don't see queen in these flashbacks we don't see jack so like obviously he's yet to build up a strong base but like well, Queen and I think Jack, I feel like there was something weird about Jack. He's like a little bit younger than the other ones. But Queen was definitely with Kaido when the assault on Wano began. Um, as was Kane, of course. Uh, so he's around here somewhere. Okay. He's just one of the guys down there on the live floor. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he was smaller in those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, curious stuff here. Mm-hmm. also curious that king doesn't feel the need to hide himself away yet like yeah on the previous page when he's when kaido's hanging out with the elderly woman and a couple goons it looks like kane's wearing his mask back there and we don't see where this conversation between king and kaido about yamato and joy boy is taking place um so I assume they're like in a private room where it's just Okay. Them. Yeah, I I had assumed that that was like basically right after he gave this speech, but that doesn't fit so good and they've been jumping around a lot in time in this <laughs> flashback. So, indeed. It's almost as though Oda decided last minute to squeeze in as much Kaido flashback hmm. as he could and then <laughs> ran out of space. <laughs> Not sure why you're getting that vibe. <laughs> just something I'm picking up on. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I do really like the uh, the fact that the flashback like fades in with the black outline around the panels and then fades out at the end. I have no idea if Oda has done that previously, but it's a good little indicator. Yeah, nice little effect. I like it a lot. Uh, but then it finishes out with uh, Yamato apparently dropping Joy Boy's name, and uh, Kaido kind of fills in a chunk of the information we've been seeking. Apparently, Kaido believes that the man... Well, we get the rest of this later, but... Uh, <laughs> apparently, Kaido believes that the man to become Joy Boy is the man strong enough to take him down. Which kind of sounds to me as though part of this entire, like, oppressing the country of Wano operation was to, like, draw Joy Boy out, since he's, like, the liberator. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know if that's giving Kaido a little bit too much credit and maybe like an easy out for all the atrocities he's committed. Um, That certainly is a possibility. Yeah. He also says that Odin's desire to open the country is to, well, is meant to welcome Joy Boy. And it's like, okay, that's a little contradictory to that. Like, but I could see how both 
would do it. They're trying to, or well, in this hypothetical, in this theory, they're both trying to reach the same goal, but have wildly different methods. <laughs> Indeed. He's just trying to do it the opposite of Odin because he's still grumpy about that whole leaving a scar on his tummy situation. He's uh, real proud of that stomach. Now it's now it's dismembered. It's marred. <laughs> he'll never be the same. Yeah. He'll... Swimsuit season for Kaido is a real sight to behold these days. I uh, <laughs> don't like this image you just put in my head. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, then the flashback ends. Kaido flashback conclude. We're back on the top. Uh, that dude, the final remaining CP0 member, has decided his job here is done <laughs> and is simply piecing out despite having direct orders from uh, the Gorosei themselves to kill Luffy. He decided, you know what? It's not worth it. Can't I'm, do it. I'm with him. I respect <laughs> this dude a lot now. Like... <laughs> He sees that it is not a good time, and he dips. I'm into it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, if he stayed, he... I mean, Momonosuke catches the island, so it's ultimately fine. But as far as he's concerned, if he stays, he's dead. Mm-hmm. And that's and no good for no, anyone. Yeah. Uh, he's also in the air uh, where the conflict is happening, putting him in a prime position to see the outcome and report back to it to the world government hope his eyesight's good <laughs> indeed the man has no pupils so it's not but, <laughs> <laughs> but he's got observation hockey the off the charts <laughs> yeah no doubt uh momonosuke cheering for luffy yamato cheering for momonosuke uh momonosuke cheering for the flame clouds people of wano cheering for peace wow that was very nice. <laughs> Kids cheering for nothing. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of chilling, holding his head. Guy behind him says, hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> that man, a <laughs> little bit more observant to his surroundings than our red-headed uh, Magneto friend. It's fine. He's a, he's had a long day. <laughs> yeah, give him a minute. Yeah, he took out a Yonko today. That's a big deal. Good for you, kid. Uh, he half took out Ayanko. <laughs> True. Fair enough. Uh, then the water appears. It splashes everybody and puts out the fire. Brooke says blub, or sorry, blug, blub, blurk. I have and to get that right. And also Roby. Uh, yep. <laughs> Good old Roby. <laughs> Everyone's favorite straw hat. Mm -hmm. uh, Beppo gets washed away. Uh, Apu... Um, Law and John Bart. You see John Bart again? That's yeah. fun. John Bart's been showing up a lot and uh, really becoming integral to this story. He sure has been around, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> At least with Beppo, the implication is he's been fighting mooks. Every time we see John Bart, he's just kind of near, <laughs> not doing anything. Yeah, but... pretty much just behind Law. <laughs> yeah. One day that'll change. Uh -huh. I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, and Nami here for her excellent input. Water. Yes. And, she, and she's not even sure. <laughs> uh, good point. There is one or one question mark in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but Rizo, Jinbei, saving the day, putting out the flames. 
So, uh-huh. and I'm proud of Usopp for dragging these two samurai into life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he dropped them a few chapters ago, and he got back up. Yep, good on and you, Usopp. Hamlet is looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we keep checking back in with Hamlet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan, and I'm pretty sure Oda <laughs> said that uh, Hamlet was his favorite Smile user, so I get why we're seeing him a lot. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Uh, then we check in with Sanji, also damp, having a fine time carrying uh, courtesans to safety. Good for you, Snash. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody back there getting washed away. Frankie's mad about it, but you know, the best he can do to help is just tell them to not. <laughs> and to hold on to Zoro, like... <laughs> well, sure, but that doesn't help those people back there. No, I'm just... Yeah, I'm, I'm saying that he's too busy with other things to, like, shoot out an arm and grab them. I suppose that's true. Compared to the size of Frankie's hands, I imagine Zoro's quite small. So, one hand maximum to carry Zoro. So he probably could save those people back there but But doesn't the risk (laughs) yeah he probably has a compartment in his body that's like big enough to hold zoro so (laughs) yeah no doubt he could do whatever he wanted but he's distracted yeah he's too busy yelling at them to (laughs) save their lives it's fine uh (laughs) and we pop back to the treasure room denjiro and hiori have a little moment uh, you've been brave and strong for all these years, Lady Hiori, as the decapitated, probably, maybe, final head of Orochi burns in the background. I, cool. Yeah. I don't want to talk about him. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I love that the little mini flashback we get here between uh, Denjiro and Hiori. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's bowing before, but his big ol' heck of pompadour... <laughs> smooshing into the ground it's as big as she is like there's no way that she can actually mm. (laughs) like she can't see past the hair to see the man bowing Mm -mm, mm -mm. it's a very touching moment though but it looks very silly indeed uh then we pop back outside for the biggin uh the flame clouds have finally disappeared Kaido's either stopped worrying about it or is too tired to maintain it or what have you. Uh, He declares to Luffy, asking him, what kind of world can you create, Straw Hat? To which the struggling, uh, flaming Luffy declares a little bit later, a world where his friends can have as much food as they want, delivering a big old punch right on the Kaido's smug head, sending him flying to the surface of Wano. Yeah, it's interesting how food is now, like, I mean, it always has been important, but it's now integral to Big Mom in that, A, she ate people, which is weird, uh, but B, the whole, like, red bean soup thing, very big for her. Uh, Now it's also big for Luffy and big for kaido like everyone just loves food (laughs) (laughs) how dare they truly asking for too much the lot of them yeah 
I've heard speculation over the last few days that what Luffy says here is the like hidden dream that he and Roger share, seemingly. I thought of that. Well, sorry, continue. But I don't really see how that quite jives, you know? Because the quote, and this is in the English translation, so maybe like it's a little bit off because it's going to be going into the semantics of it all. But when Luffy and Roger are saying those things, they're saying, I'll be something, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not saying, I will, and then it cuts off, or I'll create, and then it cuts off. They're saying they're going to become something. Right. And Luffy's not sitting there saying, I will be the one to provide food to everyone. Like, I will be the one who bakes the bread for the world. (laughs) I will be the king of the bakers. Yeah, I I don't (laughs) see that fitting at all. Again, maybe it's just a translation thing. But uh, as far as what our translation has said, that doesn't quite jive. Uh, but that's a that's a noble goal, all the same, Luffy. You go forth and you solve world hunger. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's great. Love that. But if that dream is connected to becoming the king of the pirates somehow, he wasn't kidding when he said on Whole Cake that uh, he can't do it without Sanji. <laughs> True. Turns out Sanji was the number one most important uh, puzzle piece, aside from. Maybe Nico Robin. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how important she ends up being. Eh. Um, so, I mean, I would imagine that the whole as much food as they want thing is, like, mostly in regard to Wano itself. Like, food has been uh, scarce for people here. And the smile fruits and all that. Like, this has to be a Wano-specific thing. It's the same as, you know, any other arc's major goal. You're gonna, you're gonna say it at the end. <laughs> like, it just, you, you need that. Especially when the arc has been, uh, too long. <laughs> Are you trying to say, in some subtle form, that... Wano's been going on for a really long time. <laughs> mm, I didn't think it was that subtle, but yes. Um, really had to read between the lines to, to gather that one. Yeah. So that's my rough take on it. Um, he's just very focused on Kinemon and all that, especially since he said, like, of course I'll protect Wano. It's it's my friend's country. Like, Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Now, one thing that I just noticed is in the the middle panel on pages 12, 13, where he says a world and then the huff huff, mm-hmm. when he's punching Kaido, there's like a smaller black dragon inside of Kaido. What's uh, up with yeah. that? Is that... I think that just proves my point from a couple chapters ago where Kaido didn't simply get bigger. So the that's all like... flame? I think so. That's pretty impressive mastery or mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. control. I've never been more impressed with this guy. Kaido's not just a big meathead. I'll be very interested to see that in the anime. Um, 
which by the way people if you're if you're not watching the anime i haven't been but i will be now because it is beautiful at the moment oh yes they really pulled out all the stops for the the last few apps and i think they'll continue to like i don't i don't see why they'd stop well i mean there will obviously be ebbs and flows to it but oh sure i can't imagine the frankie versus sasaki fight is gonna get uh, <laughs> quite the same level of love as the current rooftop battle no no i don't think so now big mom decking page one now that's where the time and effort has to go oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um this whole it being mostly or all flames also kind of explains how kaido was talking earlier even though he was eating luffy's fist uh yeah but you expect me to give out a credit for that now after i've already <laughs> given him sass about it it's too late now jordan yeah i forgot about the no take back these rules <laughs> yeah exactly even if i wanted to i simply couldn't do it it's illegal and we always follow the law here at inherited will <laughs> ain't that the truth uh but yes you're right looking at the events now that that totally jets out. I mean, it's not weird that he was talking. <laughs> it's weird. Like, that's the fire Kaido that we see on the first page. Yeah. Right? And the fist isn't in his mouth. I know. Well, yeah, you're right. That is the weird part. The talking <laughs> isn't weird. What's happening here, Jordan? <laughs> I... Maybe that's just I'm smaller in Kaido inside of Flame Kaido. Like, maybe it, it could be. But you would think his head would still be facing up. I don't know. <laughs> it's a mystery. I've chosen not to let it bother me for any amount of time longer, even though it's it's going to. Yeah. Instead, we can focus on the impact that Kaido made, because it's pretty cool. <laughs> he slammed in in a spiral, and that's just how he's going to be. Yeah. Straight I... to the moon, through the <laughs> earth to get there. Uh, such power i especially love like how straight his mustache is as he's being blasted through the earth's crust <laughs> i just noticed that <laughs> that was pretty good uh and in this chunk he makes that claim that uh the one who shows up to beat him is the one to become joy boy so now we know why in that panel all those chapters ago when he beat luffy like the third time or something where he said uh, Luffy couldn't be Joy Boy. Yeah, it's just that Kaido's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I suppose so. I mean, he was right. <laughs> he was right, but then he was wrong, and now he's right again. <laughs> Indeed. That's the Kaido way. Have a long moustache, be a dragon, put a bigger dragon over top of you, uh... Slam it to the ground with a spiral formation. <laughs> I'm so glad that this man grew facial hair. I did not uh, <laughs> like the younger look. It might have been fine if I had been introduced to that first, you know? But mm -hmm. it's just... The man's lips are intense. And he doesn't have, like, the... Like, the age lines. The, the texture that he has as an older man. So it's just, like, really smooth... <laughs> Like little teeny tiny baby Kaido we see in the very first panel of him. He's he's a cutie, you know, 
yeah. but then he gets older but like his face doesn't really change all that much <laughs> well he gets a super square jaw yeah that's true when he had like a pointy one yeah he's still got that that cuteness to him but as soon as he gets that square jaw it's just like man you're yeah you're you're a little scary <laughs> getting sold off to the marines will do that to a man yeah, the yell that he does about not wanting to be a political pawn just forces his jaw into a square shape. Permanently disfigures his face. It's mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Um, yeah, Kaido's in the ground. Uh, Momonosuke has caught the island with uh, the flame clouds, and he got it out of the way in time. Uh, good for you, Momo. Uh, then he that tuttered himself out, and he gently floats back to the ground and he's taking a quick nap while luffy probably falls to his death godspeed <laughs> luffy it's been good knowing you <laughs> yeah there are not a lot of people that can just kind of grab him i guess marco could do it marco hasn't been doing much uh, marco was like hanging out with nami i think most recently <laughs> So uh, uh, he's got yeah. important things on his hands. He's got a lot going on, that guy. Well, then I don't know who's going to catch this boy. <laughs> I'm not even totally convinced Luffy needs to be caught. He's still made of rubber, so he'll be fine if he lands on the ground. Uh, yeah, he won't get lost like Zoro would, so it'll all be fine. <laughs> he doesn't even need to get lost. He'll just nap there until someone comes to find him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the captain's way. <laughs> Indeed. Uh... So it sure does seem as though this fight is won. Huh. Well, Are we actually done Onidashima? I actually don't think so. Oh, really? There's been no like panel or anything that said like, you know, Kaido is down. Well. So I I would almost expect we still haven't seen an awakening from Kaido. Like yeah. I I feel like that has to happen, but Maybe I'm just wrong. Everything that happens in this chapter, like from a storytelling perspective, really does seem like it's like ringing the final bell on this fight. Mm-hmm. We get the flashback. We get Luffy doing the big punch with like the declaration of how his views, his ideals differ from Kaido's as he brings the hammer down. Um, we get like a little bit of like thoughts of what Kaido thought after the fact and like the balloons asking people to beat kaido all that stuff sure does make it seem as though the fight is won but you're right there are some missing links here Mm -hmm. (laughs) that uh make me think that maybe it's not well and also (laughs) this is still just a big punch taking out kaido which if oda is staying true to that that interview or whatever that you might have made up might have not like (laughs) well i definitely i didn't make it up (laughs) (laughs) okay fair that someone made up or maybe not um like and and i think i agree with that now more than ever like not that i didn't enjoy this chapter and i it's not like i haven't enjoyed wano but if luffy does win with all of his power-ups that he's gotten if he still wins with just a big punch that is gonna feel a little weird to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we see kaido here he's seemingly still conscious he's still in the dragon form like mm-hmm. if he went mm-hmm. unconscious he would go back to kaido right indeed yeah you'd think so 
Yeah. Well, that's not always true. Like when uh, <laughs> Chopper was forced into the water on Enny's lobby and fell unconscious, he went back to his, like, his hybrid form. But Chopper's a little weird. So Chopper is saying. weird. I, yeah. <laughs> if, I'm sure there are other examples of it out there, but... Indeed. But, like, this punch alone was built up for, like, three chapters. And then it finally lands and it takes up, like, three double spreads. It feels like Oda is trying to tell us that the fight is over, but didn't give us the entire fight prior to this. Yeah. Unless it does turn out that, like, his weird big nose form was, in fact, his awakening. <laughs> but if so, that should have been made clear, Oda. Um... Yeah, I'd almost be okay with that just because it's funny, but... <laughs> Indeed. I, I guess we'll just have to see in a few days or whatever. Indeed, I suppose so. Unfortunately, uh, that few days is, in fact, about a week and a half. Uh, there is a break this upcoming week. The next chapter comes out on May 29th. And I think that takes us into the reread. It sure does. This one, as you said, 590 to 601. It's from Rayleigh checking in to Rayleigh checking in two years later. <laughs> it's pretty great. Good old Rayleigh. Always checking in, that guy. Yeah. All, all ten of these chapters is all he did. I'm, I mean, basically. Um, he just pokes his nose in like, hey, Luffy, how's it going? I'm going to leave for six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so for those that don't read along or don't remember, uh, this chunk is basically like a training montage and then the results of said training. It's all of the Straw Hats doing their individual things where Kuma forced them to be after Luffy revealed, hey guys, two days, not enough. Let's, uh, let's amp that up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Three years way better yeah so uh because of that i figured that uh a nice way to go about this is to rank at least the top five of our crew um little yeah training sessions um so i don't know how you want to do this maybe i guess five to one or one to five i don't really care (laughs) Let's do five to one, I guess. Okay. Would you like Would to start you, us off? Sorry? Well, nuts. Now I feel <laughs> as I have to. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, my number five was Luffy. Oh, interesting. I actually did not include Luffy in my rankings, but he would not have made my top five. <laughs> well, I kind of felt obligated to put Luffy. You know, I didn't even consider not including him at all, but... I just really am not into the other three that didn't make the list at all. Well, okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> Who are your other three? Uh, Nami, Usopp's, and Brooks. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? Like, like, I like some aspects of all three of those. Uh-huh. Nami's only kind of, but like, I like how Brooks starts. Uh, I like the opening where he like, happens to fall into a satanic ritual while also being a skeleton man mm-hmm. <laughs> and is mistaken for Satan. Mm-hmm. But everything after that, where he like gets kidnapped and taken off to the circus, 
I just don't care. See, I... Okay, we're going to be doing this all sorts of out of order now. <laughs> um, Brooke, for me, was... is He's number four. Um, so, like, not super great, but I liked his mindset here. I like that he brings up, like, okay, I've been through 50 years of loneliness or whatever it was. Like, this is nothing. And he decides to take this prison and turn it into a stage. Like, he... He doesn't let it get him down, uh, and I kind of really like that. And also, Brooke and Chopper, at least in my read-through, seem to be the only ones that, like, want to help the people that they ended up with. And I think that's great. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, It actually turned out I hadn't scrolled down to the following page of my notes. Uh, I forgot to include Chopper as my number nine choice. Yeah, Chopper's uh, not good. <laughs> uh, he, he learns to make more medicines. He talks That's to birds. Cool. Yeah, that, those are the two things. Yep. <laughs> and he apparently also does experimental drug treatments on himself to give himself additional forms, which I can't help but feel as though is actually detrimental to the health of the people living on the island because i can't imagine he got that right on the first try no i imagine monster <laughs> form came out a few times <laughs> indeed but like i'm sure the birds just picked them up dumped them in the ocean and picked them up later it's probably <laughs> yeah um okay so your, so number, your five, number five then? yeah my number five was actually sanji um oh. i i really like the concept of attack cooking as a thing mm-hmm. like I had totally forgotten about that, and I think it's neat that he's just kind of providing passive buffs to his buddies. But, um, I mean, other than that, I was like, eh, <laughs> um, I'm okay without this. This is fine. Um, I do like that Eva beats the shit out of Sanji, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm deeply amused by that as well. <laughs> yeah, that that's what made it go into the top five there for me. Mm-hmm. I put Sanji's as number two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, mostly because of the attack cuisine business. Mm-hmm. Um, people like to complain about the attack cuisine because it's hasn't really done too much on screen. You know, we see we actively see Sanji cook stuff once <laughs> towards the beginning of the post time skip stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think, and this is part of the reason so high up in my estimation that Sanji's cooking is part of the reason for the Straw Hats just rapid growth post time yeah. skip. Oh yeah. I mean, they gotta eat. It's not like they're, <laughs> you know, pulling out a box of mac and cheese and making that when Sanji's <laughs> not around. Like, the man's, he's cooking lunch boxes for him. He's doing breakfast. He's doing dinner. He's doing brunch. Like, yeah. I, I like that <laughs> as just a thing that Oda threw in to be like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't need more explanation than that. Exactly. And I also find Sanji's a little bit more interesting because it's... He's maybe not at the roughest out of the people here. Granted, part of that, scratch that, most of that is a hell of his own creation because of his own prejudices. Yes. But the man is just running constantly for two years straight effectively to the point mm-hmm. where he learns how to fly well and he also in rough. in between that running is fighting 
pretty strong people. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's how he got the recipes. So, like, yeah, it's it's a nice setup. I like it. Um, but, I don't know. I needed a list where Sanji wasn't uh, super high on it, I guess. <laughs> uh, what was your number... You said Brooke was your number four. Yeah, Brooke so was four. It's actually my turn. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I put Zoro as number four. Okay. Zoro did Zoro. not make my list. Did Poor not Zoro. care. <laughs> don't I don't care. He fights some monkeys and talks to Mihawk. Like what? I really liked the scene where he actually asked Mihawk to to uh, train him. I mean, yeah. Anytime someone calls Zoro crazy, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm really into the idea of Zoro swallowing his pride and begging his enemy to teach him, which is a nice moment from Zoro, a typically very proud character. He's going to be the the strongest swordsman no matter what, to now, knowing what Luffy has just been through, to be able to bow his head uh, for the sake of others. That's a sweet yes, little moment. it is. But also the man would literally die if he didn't. <laughs> I suppose that's true. He would either get killed by Mihawk or he would die on the open seas. <laughs> For sure. One of those two things. If he even got to the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also, what did Zoro, and this is the reason Zoro is his solo down for me, uh, comparatively, comparatively in my top five. What did he actually learn from Mihawk? Hockey? Hockey and general sword buffness. I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all we know like about, at least. C- congrats. He lost an <laughs> eye, maybe. Yeah, he came out looking worse than ever. Mm. He, he looks pretty cool now, I guess. But he he does look very cool. <laughs> um, I had Nami at number three. Um, Nami that high. Yeah, I like it because we get to see more of her, like, cat burglaring and deception and, like, actual character traits out of her. And she's, like, never the focus. So to see her have some things from her roots again and, like, really pull the wool over these dudes' eyes. And also the the main guy that interacted with her, I forget his name, Hamdas, maybe? Uh, Weather Wizard? Yeah, that guy. Um, I think he's fantastic. So that definitely bumped Nami up some. But um, yeah, just the fact that it's like focused around stealing and and stuff like that really felt good to me. All that made sense. I put I didn't even have Nami on my main list because it just kind of rubs me the wrong way that the things Nami learned was navigation skill in some capacity that we never really get into, you know? I mean, I don't blame Oda for not doing it. Like, yeah. the intricacies of navigation, probably not very interesting for uh, his audience. Mm-hmm. But that's what Nami does, and we never really get to go into it. And a buffed-up climate attack, which is, you know, just kind of general increased power for Nami. Excellent, but not very impressive to me. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that was your number three, yeah. Yep. So my number three is uh, our man Franti. Uh, okay, okay. Frankie's my number two. Good old Frank. Uh, I think the fact that he fell onto Vegapunk's island, pretty dope. 
unfortunate that uh hmm, how to put this i like i like that in concept you know frankie learning from vegapunk yeah mm-hmm. but to this day i'm a little bit bummed out that vegapunk's laser is frankie's new main finisher and he totally stole it <laughs> from vegapunk flat out okay he didn't add anything to it it's simply the laser beam implanted into his body that he uses every time he needs to finish off a main foe. Um, yeah. Not the best look. Right. Uh, but I also imagine that Frankie's time here will probably be fleshed out a bit more once we actually meet Vegapunk himself. Uh, and, of course, and the reason it is as high as, as high up as it is for me, uh, he accidentally blew up a large part of the factory <laughs> because he's a heckin' dummy. <laughs> oh a pirate symbol <laughs> better push it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah um his <laughs> his thumbs up that just like <laughs> appears twice in this is one of my favorite things that i've ever seen i'm amazed i didn't put frankie number one because of that alone um but i, I mean personally spaces retroactively yeah <laughs> um Personally, like, uh, the design of this island, I hate it. I hate the look of it. It just, it's nothing to me. But uh, the shenanigans that he gets up to are very good. Like, I've got a a number of bits from, well, I could have a number of bits just from him. Like, with the, when he puts on the, (laughs) when he puts on the tiger cover. (laughs) Every, uh, we'll get into it. But, uh. Yeah, Frankie, just delightful. A lovely man. Yeah. Oh, and also, we moved past it, but I wanted to say that uh, Kuma's aim to get Nami on a moving uh, sky island that is flown by humans, like, that's wild. (laughs) Indeed. And he had to have known so much about these people, the Straw Hats, to be able to boot them to just the right spots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, how on earth did he anticipate sending uh brooke for instance to like the satanic place yeah <laughs> was it above that man i mean it worked out yeah that one's kind of the weirdest of them the amount of foresight this bear man had is incredible yeah for sure uh and i so, think that leaves just star number one well yeah. wait who's your number two sorry number two was sanji right yes 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 so that does just leave ones you're right uh, I wonder who it could be. Oh, yeah. It's Robin. <laughs> Robin is number one for you, really. Uh, I was really expecting that to be the case for you, too. Nope. Robin <laughs> That's why did not I built make it my up list. that way. <laughs> Robin did not make my list. Zoro, Robin, Chopper, and Luffy did not make mine. Well, oh, dear. I'm, I'm embarrassed now. I built it up for nothing. I noticed. <laughs> Usopp is my number one. Well, Usopp's dumb and, you know... So is Heracleson. Yeah. I, I love Heracleson. <laughs> we will fight about this forever. <laughs> Heracleson is actually like the only thing about Usopp's that I find interesting. Really? I think the design of the island is phenomenal. Like it it is just it's a giant flower that 
dissolves everything and it has this great smell that draws them in like it's the perfect thing uh it can't smell that great if it didn't draw heracles in it well heracles in is a special case (laughs) um but also i just i think it's uh i think it's very humorous that heracles and usopp end up together because heracles obviously has this like persona that he has built up in order to survive out here like maybe he was like that beforehand but i doubt it um and like that's kind of usopp's thing so he's learning from someone that very much can connect with him even though it probably never comes up um so i like that a lot uh I like that, again, like, Usopp just eats a whole bunch of food in order to be able to put on the muscle that he puts on. Um, I like the idea of the pop greens a lot. I don't know if it really makes any sense, but, like, in an anime, and a manga, I think that's great. Like, how he is getting a replenishable supply of them, that's a little different. Like, maybe he has some horticultural experience and he has something set up on the on the thousand sunny or whatever but like i can't believe you don't remember the part of film z where he's got a little garden going it's like it's a whole like minute of the film and you you just forgot embarrassing shameful i can't call myself a true usopp fan (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's all good points. I'm not terribly impressed by the pop greens because they're just like a different form of Usopp's magic bag of whatever Usopp has, you know, except in plant form. Um, and these days he only ever really uses like three of them. Yeah, that is kind of disappointing. But that's just more Oda choosing not to write Usopp fights more than anything. Yeah, shame. Uh, so why is Robin your number one? Uh mostly because of the potential though it hasn't panned out yet for the most part connections to the overarching story via the revolutionary army business we don't know much about what robin learned uh while presumably fighting alongside them for peace and freedom and whatever else the the revolutionaries want aside from some (laughs) very recent additions with like fishman karate and sabo style martial arts um <laughs> but one day we're we're gonna get it we're we're gonna know what robin knows and why she's been holding out on us for all this time yeah it's... she literally met and like was working with a dragon yeah it's like confusing almost to the point of being suspect but not <laughs> quite there Indeed. um yeah i i think that robin's just kind of I don't know, it kind of depressed me a little bit. Like, it's just <laughs> such a a sad place that she lands. And, yeah, it, it gets better when the Revolutionary Army comes around. But any time that they show up, it means that the people were previously in some pretty dire straits. Yes, so that is true. Yeah. We also know that uh, Tequila Wolf seems to have some sort of connection, maybe, with Laugh Tale. Because for some reason, Roger chooses to go there, even though it's in the East Blue, while he's like hunting down the road pomodoros. So something suspicious is going on there. And also, now that we are 
pretty much wrapped up with this particular section. Mm-hmm. I would like to confess that the real reason that I'm a fan of Robin's story is because one of the revolutionaries that rescues her has a giraffe hat. <laughs> oh, okay, it is for fine. that reason and for that reason alone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, it's very good. Um, I mean, I, I, I very much liked the way that the Revolutionary Army like treated Robin. I thought that was great. They mm-hmm. just took care of her, and that's you know what she needed and why she probably stuck around. But Giraffe Hat just really wins it all. Indeed. And in retrospect, it's rather surprising that Robin's bounty didn't like skyrocket during the time skip. Because in theory, the Revolutionary Army having access to monoglyph knowledge kind of sounds like the worst thing possible for the world government. But uh, it's fine, because we know now that they are the least observant group <laughs> That there ever was. Yeah. Yeah. No contradiction them. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Just write stories about a whole bunch of idiots and you'll always be okay. <laughs> we love you, Oda, but you sure did goof up on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the crew. Uh, after that, we see them all gather back together and do some fun stuff. Uh I don't know what Nami's plan was if Usopp didn't show up. Like, I know that she had the Thunderballs building up, but obviously that needed a little bit more time to cook. <laughs> uh, sure, I guess so. I like to think she could have like launched a slightly weaker version if she had to, and it probably would have been fine. Okay, fair, yeah. <laughs> Those guys didn't seem all that tough. No. <laughs> <laughs> um... When when Chopper walks up to uh, Zoro, you know, quote unquote, Zoro and Sanji and Robin or whatever, and the <laughs> Robin kicks the fox and it bites her. Uh, that's that's the point where I was like, okay, this is pushing it a little bit too far, even for our boy Choppy. <laughs> you trying to say he's not not quite as observant as perhaps he ought to be? Yeah, just a little lacking. <laughs> He hasn't seen them for two years. Anything could have happened to him. People can change a lot in that amount of time. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, I have a grievance to air. Right oh, back. yeah? It, it hurts me. It wounds me to my very soul. I'm seething even as we speak. I don't know if I'm quite getting across the full amount of rage I I'm feel scared. <laughs> towards this point. But uh, it bothers me a great, great deal that uh, every bit of promotional material for One Piece ever, whether it be, like, I don't know, a, a poster or, like, their appearances in video games, etc. Everybody responsible for such things appears to be of the opinion that these outfits, the appearances of the Straw Hats as they appear on Shibandi, is the default for how they look. It's not. They hang out in these outfits for like one arc, not even yeah. for the entirety of said arc. And they've got so many other great outfits later on. Yeah, I mean, that's up. honestly, the outfits is one of the reasons that I do like One Piece so much. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't see that stuff in other uh, 
other material really like tv shows manga you name it like characters have their costume that they're Mm -hmm. in for the entirety as opposed to having clothes like humans do right (laughs) you know yeah like do i appreciate reading my hero academia and seeing deku wearing a shirt that says like banana on it or something yeah i do no his his say stuff like dress shirt and t-shirt and stuff like that if i remember correctly um which is like fine but this just it's another level of realism which isn't really necessary like we've all decided that we can just suspend our disbelief at least that far um but it really it really does have a record that i have not chosen to suspend my disbelief that far oh so you you dislike every piece of media (laughs) where they wear this like dexter's lab i hate it (laughs) this is the hill i've chosen to die on (laughs) okay fair enough uh okay so yeah like a lot of really cool stuff happens i like the interactions that luffy gets specifically like obviously he has a great showing here um taking out the pacifista and one hit always will be one of the cooler like scenes for me um that's for sure yeah and i kind of get like rereading this now i still don't oh don't i still don't agree with this claim (laughs) but uh, i see where people are getting the light speed luffy nonsense from now (laughs) i don't like it i don't agree with it but i see where they're coming from he is fast like he's dodging lasers and and then he uh, says too slow as he's mm-hmm. doing so so yeah i get it but that's it's aim dodging but we don't need to get into that <laughs> yeah it's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh not worth it uh our man zoro gets lost on a fishing boat that was clearly not one that's yeah that... <laughs> <laughs> we're fishing for uh neptunians <laughs> indeed and then when he wakes up he assumes that he's been kidnapped and then murders everybody on that ship by cutting it in twain and bursting their coating uh it resurfaced they're fine <laughs> yeah i'm sure everybody survived yeah I mean, this is one piece so that's probably true but they certainly should not have he's very careful yeah 100 yeah, <laughs> percent <laughs> You're just right. I feel foolish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I appreciated Robin's just lack of reaction to uh, Frankie's impressive new body. Yeah, she didn't even bat an eye at it. She was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, Frankie, you never change, do you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Couldn't be more wrong, but also very right. This didn't have anything to do with it. Well, kind of does. Uh, with the chapters themselves, but in some of the like supplemental material, like in the back of the volumes that we got through through this chunk, mm-hmm. there were so many hairstyles <laughs> that uh, Oda considered giving Frankie, but he couldn't decide. Apparently, and decided to give him a robot nose that could pop out any and all of the hairstyles, so he can go crazy with whatever hair he wants for all time. Yeah, I think that's just genius. Yeah, that's <laughs> peak character design. That- Oda was the smartest man alive. Yeah. I might not like Frankie's uh, future design. Well, it's okay. I don't like it as much as his original design. But that, that's a huge improvement. 
For me, it was mostly the hair that bothered me. Then he pulled out his classic hairs style sometimes. I'm like, all right, we're good. You did it. Just be slightly less square on occasion. <laughs> yeah. It'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> the squaritude is Though I weighing am on me. <laughs> I am amused sometimes when he wears like disguises, like clothes over top of his body. And it's just like perfectly form fitted to his rectangular yeah. arms. <laughs> <laughs> the spheres, the cubes, all Dude. of it. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, unless you have anything else, like, stand out, we've probably chatted for long enough to move on to the bits. Uh, I suppose so. Some of those things I mentioned were some of my bits. Yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> clear some of mine as well here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first one was the the Frankie and the self-destruct business. Beautiful on, stuff. On the island. The thumbs up in the background while he while the narrator is describing this terrible atrocity <laughs> that he has just committed. Just the best. And the fact that it happens twice, <laughs> I love. Love it. Good old Frankie. Never Ugh. change. Yeah. Um so when when Kobe is getting checked in on by a doctor, uh the doctor just has fish bones hanging out of his mouth the whole time. Just kind of gnawing on them fish bones. Uh, in his defense, that's me right now. <laughs> Are wow. you saying that I'm in the wrong for doing I that I told too? you to wait until we were done podcasting. Dude, I get hungry and fish bones, only they can scratch that itch. In your throat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I, you know me, I, I love Sanji, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. But more than that, I love seeing him in pain. So (laughs) (laughs) naturally, I was deeply amused when uh, admitting to both himself and to Ivankov that the drawn wanted poster is in fact him causes Sanji an extreme physical reaction. (laughs) (laughs) He's got shakes, he's coughing up blood, and then Ivankov just brushes it aside. (laughs) It's like, oh, it looks nothing like you. Are you sure? Got to make sure that he's a member of the crew, though. <laughs> Definitely not messing with him. I understand the desire to be thorough, but more mm-hmm. than that, the desire to fuck with Sanji. That's <laughs> Always the a delight. <laughs> uh, when Bedge's ship starts floating into the sky, he tells his <laughs> navigator to do their job. He's like, ah, I can't be bothered by this. Navigator, go do your thing. Like, what? I mean... What, what's he going to do about it? I mean, well, that's true. He can't just jump out. <laughs> he would sink. Um, fair. Yeah. R.I.P. Capone Pirates. Mm-hmm. It's rough. Uh, the ladies on Amazon Lily, while Jimbei and Rayleigh were hanging out in their presence, were pulling all over those guys, trying to make them stretch, because they just think that's how men are. Yeah, that was also <laughs> one of mine. Very good. Um. Brooke's first thought on how he can help Luffy is to master leaning at an angle of 40 degrees. <laughs> I mean, he's right about that. If he could do it, then, you know, Kaido would be dead 80 chapters ago. Yeah, he would have been so impressed. He would have just stopped and you win. Yeah. It's like, all right, Brooke, you, you know what? You make a good point. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lean at 40 degrees. Are you yeah, kidding me? Certainly not. There's not a wall... On this earth, that can hold me leaning at any degrees. 
any angle that I lean is just R.I.P. that wall. This is why Pure they call me the strongest creature. Kaido's <laughs> yeah. got oh, that anti-wall technology. Oh, yes. Heft, I believe that is called. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's all I got. Okay, well, then I'm going to say one more, and it's really just Frankie again. But (laughs) when he puts the tiger cover on his exploded face, like, yes, everything is funnier. But there's one panel where it's just, like, one of the tiger's eyes, and it's got icebergs superimposed in the corner. (laughs) Like, (laughs) taking that panel out of context just, like, makes no sense, and I love that. Oh, Frankie. Oh, Oda. Oh my. The ball. Oh, Iceberg. Yes. <laughs> and that sounds like it about wrapped up stuff for this week. Next time, we'll be covering chapters 602 through 612. Like I said before, there is a break next week. The new chapter, uh, 1050, releases on May 29th. Feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter to inherited underscore will, or in a comment on the platform of your choosing. I'm really interested in seeing people's opinions on whether or not this fight is really over, because I am divided. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we got to wait two weeks. So I was going to say, that. we've got some time to let it stew, but <laughs> yeah, maybe you can convince us one way or another. So good luck. Uh, But as always, thanks for listening. Bye.